Beal back to Hachimura. Konnichiwa. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And it was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a, took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, it's mine. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Thank you for joining us on the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Vazan, as always, and my brother, Noel, is here. What's up, guys? How you doing? Yeah, Noel, how's life? It's doing well. Doing well. Sunny outside, and um, I'm inside looking through the window. <laughs> <laughs> like a caged animal. Right. Just a couple things. We have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also on Twitter, Beltway Bro Pod. And we also have a YouTube channel. Just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. It'll pop up. No, I wanted to start today with some really sad news. Uh, if there's not enough terrible shit going on these days, right? Yeah. Uh, the former Baltimore slash Capital slash Washington Bullet player, head coach and general manager, passed away yesterday morning. He was 74 years old, being Wes Unseld. Very sad. Uh, Unseld played only with the Bullets throughout his entire career through 1968 to 1981. And the big one here, 1978, he was part of the Bullets slash Wizards only championship team. Uh, Personally, I was too young to remember him as a player, but I do remember him as a GM. And I do not plan on talking ill of the dead today. So, (laughs) Right. He's the uh, face of the franchise uh, as far as where they were successful and being one of the great players in Bullets history. So, yeah, RIP. R.I.P. Mr. West Unseld. So continuing on with the Wizards theme today, uh, some news that came out a couple of days ago regarding a former Wizard, Michael Jordan, you may have heard of him, and former teammate Leron Prophet, former Maryland player as well. Terp. Yeah, former Terp. So from an interview with Richard Hamilton on Showtime's All the Smoke, quote, we used to talk trash to MJ all the time, but it was only certain things that I would say. And Profit would sometimes say a little bit of extra stuff that I wouldn't go there. Hamilton continued, I remember one time we were playing in practice and Prof might have hit a shot on MJ and he was running down the court. Yeah, you can't guard me with them old ass knees. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He continued on by saying MJ was heated. He was heated to the point that when I went to my exit meeting, Jordan was like, your man, be out of here. End quote. What are your thoughts on that one, Noel? Unbelievable. I mean, does it confirm everything that I said before about this piece? This guy, he wasn't even a player at that point. He was the player personnel guy. And he was just practicing with them. And he talks shit more than anybody. This poor guy probably just finally hit a shot on Jordan, backtracking down the court, and just spouted a little bit of stuff. And in that sentence, his life went from potential right to left because he said a little thing to Jordan and got ended up getting traded to the Magic, did shit in his career. I'm not saying he would have been anything anyway, but this is just another tale of Jordan snapping his fingers like freaking Thanos 
and destroys a man's career because he's a dick and he needs things done. And he got shown up for probably a split second and eviscerated this guy. It's just insane. The guy's such a piece of shit. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, it's it's tough enough playing with Jordan just as a player, right? And we've illustrated that in the last, last dance, but prior episode, go ahead and check that out. But the last dance documentary illustrated that in detail, you know, but can imagine playing with him as a player, knowing he's running the front office as well. I know that he wasn't officially a player, but it was definitely coming down the line. And it's obvious Jordan really just had too much power at this point. And, you know, that's the reason why they have that rule in place. So you can't be an owner and a player at the same time. There's a huge conflict of interest. And on you said before, it's a good one. You, you mentioned that he changed the NBA, but not for the better. That was a big point that you were making, right? right. Iso ball, how the refs retreated, stars running the league, etc. This changed how front offices are run as well. Yeah. Look at LeBron. LeBron is the de facto GM and coach. He makes all those decisions. And when Jordan's with the Bulls, he had the power. But at the end of the day, his team won six championships and the front office still pushed their asses out. Uh, to me, he wanted to just make sure it never happened to him again. Right. I think that's what he was really pushing for. And ironically, he wasn't allowed back in the building by Abe Poland and the front office. And even even after they retired his number, which is even crazier. So I personally think that that was just him showing his power because he got screwed by the Bulls, in his opinion, which is debatable. And to me, it's really just is in the front office, wants to show who he is to man up, as we've said before. And Ron Prophet was just a casualty of war. I don't think he needed that situation to push him into being an asshole. Um, he's been doing that since day one. And I, I understand he had battle scars from the situation that happened with the Bulls. And maybe he didn't want that to happen again. But he has an itchy trigger finger when it comes to guys and make an example out of people for better or worse. And... In Laron Prophet, like you said, he was just a bump in the road, said the wrong thing in Jordan's eyes, which doesn't even seem like that big of a deal. And and history tells that Prophet moved on and Jordan stayed for a couple years to play basketball. Good for him. Don't make fun of his old ass knees. Right. You know, make sure of that. All right. So next thing kind of playing off the Jordan situation here is uh, Jordan was also in the news recently. I'm sure you may have heard of this, but it's worth mentioning regarding his role in keeping Isaiah Thomas off the dream team in 1992. From the documentary, The Last Dance, Jordan was quoted as saying, before the 92 Olympics, Rod Thorne calls me and says, we would love for you to be on the dream team. I say, who's all playing? He says, what does that mean? I say, who's all playing? He says, well, the guy you're talking about or you're thinking about, he's not going to play. Jordan went on and say, I, res I respect Isaiah Thomas's talent. To me, the best point guard of all time is Magic Johnson. And right behind him is Isaiah Thomas. No matter how much I hate him, I respect his game. Now, it was insinuated that I was asking him about him, but I never threw his name out there, end quote. Jordan himself had a much different account of what happened when he had when he was interviewed back in 2011 on the podcast called The Dream Team Team. Quote, Rod Thorne called me. I said, Rod, I won't play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. Thorne assured me, said, you know what? Chuck doesn't want Isaiah, so Isaiah is not going to be a part of the team, end quote. So which one is it, Mr. MJ? Really, which one is it? Both quotes came out of Jordan's mouth, ironically, but sometimes you tell a story so often you begin to believe it yourself, I guess, and that may have been this situation here. It's well documented that Isaiah and Jordan hated each other from yep. their years with the Pistons and the series with the Bulls. Jordan hated every player on those Pistons teams as well, not just Isaiah, but he seemed to be at the top of the heap. I can understand why Jordan didn't want Thomas on the team, from my perspective. Every player on the Dream Team couldn't stand him. Everybody said that. Uh, they were There were enough egos on that team to begin with. And then adding a guy that they all hate could have been disastrous for their gold medal hopes. 
Probably not, but who knows? Uh, with all that being said, Jordan should man up, as we've, as we've talked about before, and say you didn't want him on the team. Just be honest about it. Just say, look, I'm fucking Michael Jordan. I didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the team. Right. And call it a day. Nobody's going to care. Just don't lie about it. So, you know, yeah. he expect he expected everybody else on his team to man up, quote unquote. Why isn't he? I wanted to talk about one thing. Something that's really puzzling to me is why Chuck Daly didn't want his best player on the team. I don't know if that's true or not, which is debatable, but... Isaiah must be a real piece of shit. If that's the case. Well, he's dead, so we'll never know. Um, and that's the bo- that here's the deal. Okay, yes, a lot of the players on the dream team didn't like him, weren't fans, and um, he just held himself in an arrogance. I always liked Isaiah Thomas, and it's not debatable to me during that time period. He was him and Magic were the two best guards in the league. Okay, as far as that playing the point, and Magic liked them. Shit, they they were criticized for giving hugs and kisses during the championships and shit like that. So Magic at that point was old lion along with him and Bird, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Bird barely didn't even want to play on the damn dream team. He was thirty five. He's like, look. I don't even want to be here, but yeah, sure. If you guys want me there, I'll go and I'll hang out on the bench and I'll, pl- I'll wave my hand and play about five minutes a game. But with the Jordan situation, he was the flagship. They had to have him. They had to have him to make an example of this dream team and make it the team. So Jordan V Thomas, it's a no brainer. Even if I wasn't a Thomas fan, it would be a no brainer. If Jordan came up to me and said, look, it's either me or him. Sorry, Isaiah, you got to go home. But like right. you said, freaking do the business. He vouched for Pippen. He, it was his team. Pippen wouldn't have made it over Dominique Wilkins. And luckily for them, Dominique Wilkins got injured prior to. So there wasn't going to be a debate there. There was no reason why Pippen should have been on that team over Dominique Wilkins at that time period. No reason at all. He was his sidekick. He wanted to have him. There were two spots on that team that Jordan said, fuck Thomas, put Pippen on the team. And that's it. Otherwise, you don't got me. And that's what happened. And I don't understand why he's skirting around this. And now he's saying Isaiah was the second best point guard. And Daly didn't want him either. Well, Daly's dead. And he can't say anything. And he loved Thomas. But Daly was happy to be on the dream team as well. And he knew the veterans that were going to be on that team. And he didn't want to ruffle feathers. At that point, it was a little selfish of Daly. But he wasn't going to come out and say, yeah, if I'm going to be the coach, I'm picking Thomas. Then it would have been a battle between Daly and Jordan. And that would have sabotaged the opportunity to be there for Jordan. This team was made by the NBA. This wasn't an Olympic tryout. This wasn't anything. This is a representation of the NBA towards the rest of the world because the Olympic team had been shit. And they wanted to come out and eviscerate everyone and showcase, this is our league. This is how we play ball. And you could not do that without Jordan, okay? And it it was just one of those things where it was, like I said, Jordan v. Thomas, and Thomas is going to lose 10 times out of 10 in that battle. Well, playing off what you said, I mean, if that's true about what Daly said, and, and who the hell knows, Jordan says a lot of different things, but it really cements everything Jordan said about Isaiah Thomas as a as a guy, if his own coach didn't want him on the squad. Who knows if that's true or not? That like was I the said, first but- time that I had ever heard that was during the documentary. In 20 years, however long it's been, I haven't heard shit about Daly ever saying that about Isaiah Thomas until a week ago. Now, all of a sudden, after all this time, you know what I've heard the entire time since the Dream Team came out? Jordan said, fuck off to Thomas. I've heard that since day one. Now, all of a sudden, well, the rest of the guys weren't a big fan and it was a communal decision. And Daly said, screw him too. 
you know, now all of a sudden all these people are coming out of the woodwork saying, nope, we wanted Thomas (laughs) out too, and this and that. Bullshit. It was always Jordan v. Thomas. It always was since day one. They're not going to change the narrative on me now. That's how it always has been, and that's what it was. And why Jordan's being too much of a freaking pussy to say that that's how it is because he's okay to take on Leron Prophet and shit and, and oust them, but he won't take on Thomas in this situation is baffling to me. So he can go fuck himself. Hey, settle down over there. You're going to have a corner area. All something. right. Yeah, All right. My, my, my heart rate is going up. I'm sorry. <laughs> breathe. Breathe. All right. So anything else you'd like to say about that subject? Hell no. I All think right. I've said my point. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, still staying Wizards related here. I'd like to discuss uh, the NBA's most recent plans to return and what it'll look like. Something that we highlighted on the previous episodes, keeping in mind this has not yet been approved by the NBA, but a vote is coming Thursday and it looks likely. So if you miss this, I'll catch you up. Teams that are within six games of the final playoff spot will be invited to compete at Disney's Wide World Sports in Orlando, where the league is planning to resume the season in a bubble-like format. In the West, four teams, Pelicans, the Blazers, the Spurs, Kings, are are going to be included on the West. So that means that your Washington Wizards, who are now five and a half games back of the Orlando Magic for the eighth spot in the East, would be the only team invited from the East, not currently in the playoffs. The league hasn't decided how the final spot will be determined, whether that'll be based off multiple regular season games or a playing and style tournament. Noel, from your perspective, what would be the best way to determine that final spot from what we talked about before? Well, I kind of went over this briefly before, and as as I predicted, they're just going to do a poor man's version of what I thought was the best way to do it. How are they going to decide five and a half games back? You've got New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento. So you've got four teams within that six games back of the eighth spot. You've got the Wizards that are just squeezing in. It's ridiculous. And like I said before, there are teams that are getting better and improving, and there's teams that are faltering before the season ended. So for me, and like I said before, all teams should be invited. If you're going to do it, do it. You do not have to have an extended season. Like I said before, you do a round robin. The top five seeds get buys through the round robin, and the rest of the teams, 6 through 15, are separated into groups, east and west. They're separated into groups. The top out of each group makes the playoffs into series play, as well as two wildcard teams. Just like they used to do when there was an odd amount of teams in the World Cup, they used to take a wildcard team from from each group. That would create the 16 teams that you need. That gives everybody an opportunity. Each group would play three games. You play in a three-game round robin. You make it out, you advance to the playoff system. It kind of gives a regular season as well as a playoff field. And it's not going to take long. It's going to take the same amount of time and you get a true champion because everybody is still playing their way in. You're not penalizing the top seeds for having to play these shit teams. These shit teams are still going to have to play each other and get in. And that's where I think it should be. And then at that point, once those teams fight their way through the group standings, then you go into series play. The first series, five games, then you advance to the seven games. That's how it should be. But this is a watered down version you're taking teams that are faltering out or advancing their way in and are just out of this. Where the, where's this arbitrary six games back bullshit come no from? Where, where, did, where did they decide, okay, well, we'll do six games. That they've got an odd number of teams. They've got one East team and, and four West teams. Makes no sense. Just let them all in. Let them all play. Bubble them in for a couple of months and be done with it. Personally, I'd love to see a 16-team tournament. I mean, tournament. everybody loves tournaments. Everybody missed out on March Madness this year. I think that that would bring so much visibility to the NBA. People that already hate, you know, they're constantly hating the NBA for everything. Those people that are like, oh, I like college basketball more. You don't even watch college basketball. How do you even know that? I love when people tell me that. 
The NBA sucks. It's a, right. It's all about the stars, which is true to it. They can travel a lot in that. There's no yeah, fundamentals. They, they don't even watch the. the like so, they don't even watch dumb. the league, but just yeah. know what they know, and and they'll live with that. But right. I think that a round robin for the masses would get confusing that don't really. I don't think so. But no, what I'm saying is I think to bring in more of an audience to make it really cut and dry, you do a 16 team tournament. And then at that point, you're fighting for the eighth seed. I guess it would be the top seven technically or eighth seed would be stuck stuck out there and having to deal with who's going to be the next in line. But it would be your 16 game and then you move into the playoffs and then you have a have a shortened version like a five game series after that. I think it would it would make a lot more sense to people that don't actually watch the NBA and it would also be a quasi version of the tournament the NBA tournament that everybody loves so much that don't watch a single game during the regular season I like your idea but I disagree with it in this sense that the NBA is a different animal this isn't a one and done type of league and that's the problem that I have is that this isn't college basketball the thrill of a lower seed beating a higher seed isn't what you're looking for in the NBA you want the best teams to advance. So you look at standings. It's an 82-game season. You need some basis off of that. We're not. They still played a large chunk of the season. And the problem that I have with doing a single elimination tournament for a play-in is that you're not utilizing any of the regular season and not continuing it to a certain extent. And with this, the way that I talked about it, having round robin or doing it World Cup style or doing it FIBA style like you do at the Olympics, you're having that short-term form of standings. You're having a litmus test of what these teams could potentially do for a short frame of time. And you're getting those standings that people look at towards the NBA. Then you start with the series. Those teams have worked their way in. And you're not having the shit teams that have that one game wonder that is so appealing to people for NCAA basketball, but it's not something that people look forward to in the NBA. They don't. I don't look for, oh my gosh, that one and done in NBA. Now, if it comes down to, all right, we've seen situations in the past where somehow the final regular season game is an elimination game. That's pretty cool. But those happen so few and far between that I don't need that feeling in NBA basketball. I like that in NCAA. I don't want a single elimination tournament in in NBA. It's just it doesn't work for me. No, well, maybe you don't, but I'm saying I'm talking about the 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 people that don't watch the NBA. Screw them. Well, right. I don't care about I'm not I don't care about that audience. It's already an abbreviated schedule. Uh, you're already putting the top seven. From my idea, you're putting the top seven already in place. They're not going anywhere. It's all about the eighth seed and giving the chance for those cities that haven't had much to root for at all giving them an opportunity to move into that eighth spot. That's all I'm saying. So it, it would be exciting. It would be very exciting. You still are, though, Matt. You're still giving these teams an opportunity to fight their way in through group play. And the top teams, those teams six through eight, and all, excuse me, six through 15, the better teams are going to rise to the surface in a three-game round robin. It's not like you're saying that over oh, these these teams that are dead last or like the Knicks or whomever it is or Phoenix – Yes, they could potentially go on a three-game run and get out of the group. It could happen, yes. I've seen crazy things happen in round-robin play before. But the likelihood is, is the top teams are going to rise to the surface like they always do in the NBA. Like they always do in the playoffs. And that's my my, my point. It's a short-term version to a long-term problem. Right. 
again, but I think that the allure of a single game elimination is something that they the NBA could really sell. And that's what they try to do. Their, their ratings are down. The interest level in the NBA overall is down. And I think that having that 16 game tournament, what 16 team tournament, I should say, would be a huge allure to a lot of fair weather fans. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Then my wife would be interested in watching. It. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, great. So we've been waiting three months for them to come up with something so, um, I don't know, somebody that has no inkling on watching it can sit there and have a short attention span and watch a single team elimination tournament. Okay. I mean, if that if that's the audience that we're going for, then fine. I can tell you, if, if the NBA has created a world stage, and that was the, what we were talking about before with the Dream Team and everything else, if you're attempting to create this as a global game, who are you appeasing here? Every other freaking country on the face of the earth doesn't do this single elimination bullshit because it's a one and done. It's all luck sometimes where a team has hit the right stride. Do you really want to see Phoenix jump off and and make a run? Who gives a shit? They're all professionals. We're not talking about Cinderella stories here like UMBC or some shit like that. Do you really give a fuck if a, if a 14 seed in the NBA makes that run? I don't. Their city would. Their city would, and their city would care about having the opportunity to showcase three games in a group or four games in a group and showcase the ability. And if they suck, well, they were where they were supposed to be anyway. Right. But in reality, more than likely what's going to happen is, and I wanted to talk about the Wizards situation here a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, you got the Magic in the eighth spot. The Wizards are the only one, like I mentioned, that'll be in the East. More than likely, they would probably have some kind of play-in game or play-in couple games with with the magic or are they going to play all of the other teams in the west those five other teams uh, five total teams if they have to play the magic we're in big trouble they're owing for this season <laughs> against the magic they can never play well against that team it doesn't matter what man well like, they, they, just, did, they did go three and one last year yeah, surprisingly. yeah but, but it just always feels like that is just always it, a it's a ter- it's they, a terrible matchup for them yeah. they had no answer for fournier gordon yeah Vujicic. i mean even dj augustine Oh for, my gosh, for whatever yeah. reason, would go psychotic against them. It Absolutely. doesn't make any sense. If they have to play the Magic in any way, they're done. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I'm sure that they will at some point have to deal with that. This is odd, though, because are they going to have to play the other teams in the West? Like I mentioned, I don't know. It, it, either way, they're fucked because they can't keep up with those teams in the West. The worst of the five in the West are the Spurs. They've won three games more than the Wizards playing one less game in a much, much more difficult conference. and. If they do a round robin or quasi regular season, it's not going to go well. So, hey, but unless our good buddy Mr. Wall makes his illustrious oh, return, God. I'm not going down that road with you again. We're, we're not doing that, but we may have a chance. So, what are your thoughts on how the Wizards well, are going to? Uh, and also, selfishly going back to the group play, I think this that would give the Wizards a better opportunity to try to, based on their seeding, they'd be playing some lesser seeds in their group standings. Because they'd be reseeding the teams and they'd be a nine. So selfishly, I think that would be a better opportunity for them to make a little bit of noise, so to speak, against New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, and Sacramento. Um, it doesn't look good. And the Magic, <laughs> no. if they have to play, well, however they format the bottom tier to play in, I don't think the Wizards can compete. I'm just hoping they don't play San Antonio, just not for necessarily because of that. Bertans. Because I don't want because of Bertans. <laughs> I don't need one less. One less time for him to go over and give Popovich a hug is yeah. good for me. 
That's yeah. it. Just I, I just want that relationship severed, and they can talk on Zoom or some shit for a couple of minutes, and that's good enough. But to go over there and him bomb nine threes in the game, and then Popovich get a hard on for him yet one more time, I can't deal with that. Well, he he did that when he played the Spurs the first time. He went oh, insane I know. in that I know. game. Yeah, so. he went bonkers. That was his like coming out party. He's like, "Fuck you guys." Popovich and is it, getting hot and bothered over oh there. Oh my god, <laughs> he was like, he was so irritated. He's like, "See, I you almost looking up at the at the owner's box." Like, yeah, I told you, got nothing out of him. And yeah, he had a he had a voodoo doll of Morris. <laughs> He had a voodoo doll of Morris just poking at him because that was the whole reason why he got traded to him. So it's it. I just hope they don't play them. I think that's uh, we covered pretty much everything. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in that regard? One more one other thing that I want to touch on with this, and that's they are coming up with something is a good sign. And this isn't going to happen till July. I just hope they don't poor man's it. If you're going to do it, do it right. And I said this the last time. Okay, don't worry about the Corona. Yes, you have to worry about it, but if you're going to do it, just put it all out there and make it satisfactory for the fans that have been sweating and waiting for this to happen. And yes, I know that there's a middle ground, Matt, but go with it and allow these people, like I said before, to come out and enjoy their teams when they've been watching freaking ESPN Ocho and everything else in order to pass their time away. Don't steal these teams from them for a period of time. It's bad enough that their teams suck to begin with and they've had to have terrible seasons. Don't steal three, four games away from them just because you decide to make a random cutoff of eight games back. Or excuse me, six games back. I think it's a joke and I think you should let everybody showcase their abilities and see how the chips fall. Well, unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be that way. But I did actually see this uh, late last night that there is one final push to get all 30 teams in. So you may have your wish. I don't know. I hope so. So we will find out Thursday and we look forward to that decision. You know, I really I, I think it'll be interesting to actually have something to talk about other than cherry. Right. And since, the Euro- <laughs> right. and since the Euro is not going to be on this summer shit, like give me some type of round robin format, you know, hit it out. I mean, I'm going crazy over here, man. I need some I need some FIFA in my life. Well, I don't think you're going to have that. Sorry <laughs> no. to break it to you. All right. Well, as always, we are on all major podcast platforms. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help to us. Again, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And also, we're going to have a Facebook group shortly. So thank you so much for listening. And we will see you Friday.